Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Brendan and Lauren from VNG Fit Club in Riverdale, New Jersey. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Awesome. How are you? Thanks so much for having us. Yes, I'm very excited. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. What made us want to get started? How did we come into this idea of owning our own facility? Absolutely. So I think this is one that both Brent and I might tag team a little bit, but so Brent and I met um, during COVID. So I had my own personal training business um, where I was just renting space out of a small gym. Um, as we all know, a lot of the gyms closed down during COVID. We were all really looking for a place still to work out. Um, and admittedly, the gym that I was working at was still kind of functioning under the radar. So mm-hmm. in came Brendan. He started working out there. Um, we became friends, kind of started talking working out together. I saw that we each kind of had the same sort of style in terms of personal training, same sort of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan came from New York Sports Club and an array of other businesses. Yeah, so I was working in the commercial space for a while while I was uh, going through grad school. I was just using that to you know, kind of pay my way through. And then, um, so then as obviously COVID hit, I then met her. And then I was like really into the stuff that she was like, like the same training styles, like she said. And then I was just like, you know, let's do some crunch the numbers, see, you know, what makes sense. And then we kind of, you know, jumped the bug and did our own I'm thing. From there. Yeah. So both Brennan's and my goal, um, again, even prior before we met was always to have our own facility. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, instead of let's going the investor out, instead of taking out loans, instead of going into debt, let's put both of our finances together um, and create the vision that we've always dreamed of. So that's kind of the beginning point. Um, B&G, my brand was always called B&G for buns and guns. So mm-hmm. my audience geared a little bit towards, a little bit more towards women. Um, right. And as we know, in today's day, day and age, everyone's all about having a nice booty and being strong. <laughs> yes. So that's where we came together and we're like, let's abbreviate it. And then B&G Fit Club was then born. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So now currently within the business, what does your business model look like? Are we doing group classes, personal training, semi-privates? What does it look like now? So we offer obviously one-on-one personal training. We do group classes also, and we do boxing. So we offer three different types of uh, things we would do here. And um, how our software works where we do obviously membership-based, package-based, or you do like the unlimited. Um, mm-hmm. We have it broken down for the membership. So uh, how I wanted to structure where when I was working in the commercial space, I loved how where I was at New York Sports Club, they had a three-month program or a three-month commitment mm-hmm. where then you know you have that person for three months. But then as a selling point, um, we always say it takes at least 90 days to see the results. So you right. do that membership base, you get the better rate per session. And it goes from bronze, silver, gold, and obviously platinum. Platinum being five days a week. And then, or if you want to just do where you come in as you go, you obviously the packages. So, you know, whatever, you know, suits your, you know, your price range, you know, what you want to do and how much commitment you really want to do. So that's how we kind of break it down like that. For us, we really wanted to be that boutique training studio, right? So we're, though we appreciate and implement things like from Brendan's background, like from the commercial gym aspect, Mm -hmm. um, we have found that having that exclusivity and privacy has been key for our success, especially because of COVID and the times that we're currently in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So with the way that you've structured things as far as membership goes, 
So are these packages that people are paying for in advance? So like they're purchasing like three months in advance or, you know, the larger packages, how, how does that work? Or is so, it on a monthly reoccurring basis? So like I said, is yeah, we have for the membership base for the bronze, obviously once a week, silver is twice a week, uh, silver is uh, gold is three times a week and then the platinum is five days a week. So those mm -hmm. are for uh, the, the memberships. So okay. those are the three month commitment one. But then we also have packages where we have a one pack, five pack, 10 pack, 24 pack. You buy those, you get a little bit higher price point, but then you just use them as you go. There's no commitment to them. So obviously with the membership, we try to sell that more where um, you get more out of it. You know, you're obviously more uh, committed to it where it obviously keeps you in that uh, weekly basis of doing the training side like that. So that's why right. we kind of structure it that way. And with okay. the packages, it is an upfront cost with the membership the client gets filled every 30 days. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I like the commitment piece, you know, whether it be three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it might be, because like you said, people do need about 90 days or so to start seeing the results. Yeah. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people are, especially right now, gym owners that I talk to often are afraid to have their members commit because you know, everybody's kind of still uneasy about where things are going or um, just just unsure. There's a lot of uncertainty still. So I just think it's important to remember, like you said, that it does take people about 90 days to start seeing results. It takes them time to actually become a part of the community, to get mm -hmm. into a routine. So it's very hard to build a relationship with somebody and make them feel a part of things, get them the results that they're looking for if they're not committed on their end. So I do like that piece of uh, commitment there because so many gym owners that I talk to now are on a month to month basis, or there's, there's really no level of commitment on either side there. So uh, I think that's an, an important thing to keep in mind. So now as far as membership base goes, how many clients or members are you currently serving within the facility as a whole? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I feel like we probably can. Well, well, it's like, obviously, obviously with the pack, it's like in and out. So obviously active members, non-active members. For active members, you probably have about almost 70 probably total right now, active okay. members. And then we mm -hmm. have the ones that do the pack just come as they go. And then, um, yeah, I think it's about right. Yeah, I was looking at the paper. I think it's like 70. Yeah, I would say. And then, you know, especially with the group classes, too, I'm sure, Absolutely. as you know, like, I mean, that would bunk up the numbers a little bit um, mm -hmm. or a lot of it, I should say. We offer drop-in yeah. classes, too, where you just drop in if you take one of our group classes so you don't have to buy, obviously, a membership, um, a membership or, that, or yeah. stuff like that. So, so Okay. All right. So now as far as acquiring new clients goes, how do we go about that on the, the marketing side of things? Are we doing any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google? Uh, are we more word of mouth referrals? How are we getting new people in the door? So admittedly, we have not put $1 into actual social media marketing. Okay. In terms of campaigns, right? But mm -hmm. instead, our base has been built on 
a multitude of things. So with my brand that I started, I was able to carry over uh, the majority of my clients when we opened the gym. Same with Brendan. So his clientele also followed him. Mm -hmm. um, definitely referrals. That's a huge part for us and word of mouth. We are very active on social media. So though we're not maybe putting money into specific ads, um, we definitely spend a lot of time in terms of creating great content, um, filming professional content, posting. So a lot of our leads especially come from, you know, Instagram and Facebook as well too. Um, and then, you know, we're a little bit different. We like to market ourselves from more of an event standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. So we host an array of very interesting events at our gym. We just had a puppy yoga class. Um, we have a class called, or an event, I should say, called Buns and Brunch, which is, gets the whole community together. We do an outdoor workout when it's nice out. Um, and then followed by brunch and have some drinks and it's a good time too. So we have found more being a little bit more grassroots. Um, mm -hmm. And then word of mouth has been really everything for us. Okay. Yeah. So also, um, I'm really big on TikTok. So I had actually three videos go viral over a million views. And then I was actually uh, featured on sport, uh, ESPN's Instagram, where it was pretty cool, where then that kind of really helped us boost our, um, to obviously everybody where that was a really big thing. And then, um, yeah, mostly Instagram is probably our biggest our marketing standpoint where we get a lot of our clients where I get a lot of referrals, but then we also get a lot of people that obviously message us on Instagram and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So that's huge for us. Cool. Okay. So the TikTok thing, that's cool because a lot of people are trying to figure that whole thing out right now because TikTok is really big. TikTok yeah. and Reels on Instagram are the, the two top things now that uh, the market's kind of trending toward and people are really trying to figure that out. So the two videos, you said it was two videos you had to go viral, yeah, right? Yeah, two videos, the one on our actual business page and then my page also, us building the gym. So that was our first one that went viral because we built this entire gym by ourselves, no help, you know what I mean? We did it all ourselves. So I had a all these bunch of videos of us, the process of us building it, doing all the work ourselves. And then obviously the finished product, which is like, that was huge. You know, I could post videos of my dog and it gets no views, but then I post <laughs> a video of that type of stuff and people love it. So yeah. it was awesome to see, you know what I mean? Right. I think um, the transformation piece for us has been huge. Um, we're definitely a differentiator when it comes to the market in terms of that. So what we ended up doing was we found a 4,000 square foot space of office space. We okay. gutted it completely. So it literally had six offices in here, gutted everything. We got rid of the drop ceilings, raised part of the ceiling. Um, and again, we did a lot of the work and grunt work ourselves, um, mm -hmm. which again, saved obviously a, a good chunk of money in terms of capital. Um, but yeah, so I think people seeing us get our hands dirty, it's not like there was just investors that walked in here and gave us the money and created this beautiful space for us, but we did it, you know, together as a team. Yeah. Especially during COVID, obviously with nothing being open, her and I would literally go to Long Island. We would rent a truck. We had a, multiple storage units, literally saving up <laughs> this whole entire time, just getting equipment little by little. And then obviously with my father, if he's listened to this props to him, he did, he helped us a lot of this work, saved us a lot of money. Um, but yeah, we always say like, every time I look at these pieces, I, every piece has a story because when we were getting it, like during the cold, literally we go to Jersey city, go to this guy's house to get one, of the, <laughs> one piece, one piece of, of equipment. Yeah. You know what I mean? We would drive all the far ends to get all these, like, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, a crazy time to open a business for sure. I mean, those of us who were open prior to COVID and experiencing that whole 
a thing was insane. And there are so many people that I talked to whose gyms were born during COVID. And that's mm -hmm. always so cool to hear about because it was such a challenging time. And to be starting your business during that is just mind-blowing. So props to you guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So now with this, this is a, a huge time within the industry as far as growth goes. A lot of planning this time of year, a lot of looking at the, the next year and where we're looking to go. So for the for 2022, what is your vision for the next year? What are we looking to accomplish and how are we going to get there? Growth is definitely the vision. Um, so right now we are a team of four um, and we're continuing to look, of course, to add great trainers to our team. Um, at the end of the day, Brendan and I are partners and we're definitely the head coaches here. But mm -hmm. since we want to grow this business, we want to be able to find our mini me's too, right? So yeah. I think the biggest goal and especially, and again, to be completely transparent, even as a business owner, it's difficult. You can't do it all, right? And if you're, if you and I are training crazy hours all day, there's no time then to do the other business management, marketing, and everything else that needs to be done too. So I know personally for me, and I'm sure Brendan can agree with this, but we're really looking to continue to build out our team here so that we can continue to grow B&G again as that lifestyle brand, whether it's additional locations, um, more events, um, and that sort of thing. Okay. And is there a specific membership goal that you have or a revenue goal that you have that you're really trying to reach? I mean, I would love to double <laughs> what we brought in in our first year. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a little overzealous probably, but we always like to set our goals high. Um, we, you know, I will say I'm very proud of what we were able to accomplish within the first year. Um, as far as I know, a lot of times business owners aren't able to really bring in any money for at least the first three years. Mm -hmm. um, and we successfully did that. We're able to pay back ourselves in terms of the investment that we put into the business. So now it's kind of onward and upward from here. It's about growth, uh, making some more money, increasing our clientele, increasing our team members here, um, and just, you know, sky's the limit at this point. Yeah. yeah, our biggest thing is I feel like is obviously branching off our brand where we really want to have an extension where, like I said, is our goal is like we want to have a commercial gym and then also mm -hmm. um, we do the boxing. So our big thing, too, is we want to have like a B&G fight club where we want to try to build extensions off the brand to make it not just a gym where it's, mm -hmm. like you said, a lifestyle kind of brand. So that's like our biggest thing, I feel like coming into the new year. And um, we have an accountant that we were doing. He didn't believe our numbers when we were. <laughs> Our first, our literally, because we paid ourselves back our first month. We made back our investment just in our first. Mm -hmm. month. So, um, it's definitely we're definitely grateful for what we did. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's amazing. That's huge. So now within that, obviously, so this is one piece that I really love to talk about with gym owners because there's always mixed views here. So obviously, sales is a huge part of the business and is what allows you to keep your doors open, to pay back the investments that you made. So this is always something that it kind of goes one way or the other. Gym owners either love that piece and are excited about it and are excited about helping as many people as possible, or it's like, I'm not a salesperson. I don't like sales. That's the aspect that I hate of the business. So where do you guys fall within that? Is sales something that you enjoy um, or is it something that you would rather have somebody else handle within the business? 
I, you know, I feel like it comes natural for both of us. Yeah, because yeah. when you have a passion for something, it's really yes. easy. And they, they could see it just by talking to you. Like, then they're just like, when they know who you are, and then when mm-hmm. they look at the numbers, when they're really comfortable with you, right. they throw your credit card at you, where it's like, they really don't care. But when you're really passionate about something, it's pretty easy to obviously do a selling point on that. You know, and I'm pretty used yeah. to doing it in the commercial gym, because obviously sales, 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 like the biggest thing. So mm-hmm. I got pretty comfortable with it, but you know, I think it's pretty easy for both of us to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, um, like Brendan said, when you're super passionate about it, it doesn't come across salesy. That's the other yeah. thing, right? It doesn't come across that we're like trying to push you to buy our ultimate membership. And I mean, the reason that we started this too from the beginning is because we do want to help more people. I mean, it's as simple as that, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, if your goal is to impact people through health and wellness, you know, again, I think it just, we're here to give the support. Um, we're not those really pushy salespeople either. We really, our culture here is about being genuine and being authentic. So mm-hmm. whether you walk in our front door and you have a very small budget or you walk in our door and have a very big budget, we're going to find a way to be able to service you and to provide, you know, some sort of support to get you to your goals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sales is a transference of belief, right? At the end of the day. So if sales you are- is the biggest one, I yeah. feel like. What's that? Sales and retention is the biggest thing, in my opinion, for obviously what we do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you believe in your product and you're completely bought into what it is that you're doing, like you said, it comes natural. So that's one thing that I always used to really talk about in the facility was your belief in the product. And if you aren't bought into what you're doing, then one, you you need to either figure out how you're going to get bought in or you need to get out. Mm-hmm. because yeah. it doesn't make sense for you to sell something that you don't believe in. And it also isn't going to work very well. Cause if you don't believe in what you're selling, then you're probably not going to sell much of it, if any of it. Uh, and then on the other side of that, of course, retention is huge as well. So is there anything specific that you guys do for retention? Um, I feel like if you're just yourself and they want to, obviously a lot of people with my clients, Obviously, they're into training, but then they also come to go see me a lot of times where they just like to hang out and like obviously yeah. talk to you. And like, obviously, I always say like I have my grad school in strength and conditioning and then I have my Ph.D. in therapy where a lot of people come here. They kind of take out what they have going through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they tell you about it where when they get that comfortable with you, you kind of get that relationship with them. And that's like building those relationships with your clients is like super huge. And obviously what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I definitely I have probably had. I'm not even joking. 10 people in the last seven years leave me. That's it. And then the rest, I obviously I kept with me this whole entire time. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say having that emotional connection too mm-hmm. um, with people, you know, I think it's like Brendan said, we're everybody's life coach too. Yeah. So, you know, we really, and again, we're not that typical gym. So we do establish a connection with each and every one of our clients. Like we do make ourselves accessible to them and they're, you know, they might text us, they might need something from us in terms of advice or support or whatever. And, you know, it goes above and beyond just your typical walk in the door, get your session in and, and leave. Um, and I always find it very interesting too. Like Brendan said, there are some people that just want to come and hang out um they definitely still put in the work because we make them do that but you know they're there to chat and kind of do like de-stress and talk about their lives and just kind of go through the motions and stay strong and we're okay with that too everyone's got a different kind of goal right yeah yeah absolutely yeah the relationships that you build with people along the way is a huge piece as far as the retention goes and we touched on this a little bit earlier people want to feel like a part of something you know Mm -hmm. and when it feels like a family then Mm -hmm. people tend to stay for quite a long time. So that kind of takes care of itself. And then 
obviously the value that that you're providing them within the programs and the facility itself goes a long way as well. But at the end of the day, the relationships that you're building with people are the biggest factor there. So now, as far as improvements go within the business, so you seem like you guys have it pretty well figured out as of right now, but as entrepreneurs, as business owners, I feel like there's always something, you're always kind of chasing what's next or looking to improve in one area or the other. So one thing that I always love to ask everybody that I speak with is if you could snap your fingers and just improve one thing within your business right now, today, what would that be and why? I'd probably say our software where we use a uh, commercial gym software um, I was used to using it, but I think we're the, the best thing we want to get is like more of a, like a one-on-one for just personal training only where like, cause where, like I said, is it would send text messages and stuff like that. The one we have there, it doesn't really do that where Lauren was used to doing that with her last software. So I think we're, I would think that would be one of the things. Yeah, I would say, I mean, from like a technical standpoint, absolutely with the software. So um, we use a system right now, which is fine. Um, but, you know, we live in the day and age where, yes, it sends out an email for people to remind you. But mm -hmm. I use a prior software that, you know, everyone wants a quick text. You know, unfortunately, people are lazy and they don't put it on their <laughs> calendar. Um, software, definitely, um, from a technical standpoint, personally, I would say time management. <laughs> um, I feel like I most struggle with, I can't do it all. Right. So yes, yeah. Brendan and I are business partners and we divide and conquer. Um, I think for me being on the floor and training as many hours as I do, but then also trying to manage marketing and doing everything else, you know, again, you're just spread thin. Um, and again, I wish that we could take ourselves and clone us yeah. um, yes. so that we could then further go out there. So I would say on that note, staffing, right? We are very picky about who we bring in here. Um, I could find Joe Schmo on the street and bring him in as a trainer because he passed his test and whatever, but that's, right. that won't work for us. Mm -hmm. We have a pretty intensive interview process. Um, people even have to put Brendan and I through a workout too. Mm -hmm. um, so we really make sure that you don't only fit the mold and your background and all that, but obviously the personality knowledge and everything else has to go with it. So Yes, we are looking, if anyone's listening, for amazing personal trainers here. <laughs> if you embody us, please yeah. let us know. Uh, but yeah, software, staffing, time management. I mean, I think a lot of that kind of goes hand in hand with starting a business. Um, you know, you learn as you go and, and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Time management is very hard. And especially when it is your business, I struggled with this big time because everything is a reflection of you at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's really hard to let go of some of the control and some of those tasks because everything comes back to you, you know, and you want that level of service to be upheld and nobody cares about your business as much as you do. So the level of service that you provide is always, you know, slightly different unless you have somebody that is fantastic, super bought in, cares about the business like it's their own, which is hard to find mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And uh, I can see why you have that intensive interview process in place because, you know, it's, it's important and it's really hard to balance all of those things, especially in the beginning when you want to make sure that the level of service is upheld in every 
area. Um, but you know, with that being said, you can't spread yourself that thin either because then the level drops in one area or the other and you're always trying to chase your tail. So it's a hard, it's a hard balance to find. But yeah, I mean, finding the right people, putting the right people in the right places to be successful, to uphold that level of service is the way to go. Sometimes it's just a little challenging to get yeah. there. Yeah, especially like we're looking at some trainers and I was saying with her where it's hard, where you want someone that's really good, but then sometimes they don't follow what you want to do. Like obviously we run a business a certain way. So we kind of wanted to get maybe someone that's experienced, but not really crazy experience where then we can mold them into mm -hmm. basically, like I said, of cloning us where it's so it's hard to find, you know, obviously between the two. So that's what our struggle is like. It's pretty yes. tough. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge piece as well. I used to always hire people to teach the kickboxing class that didn't have experience prior in mm -hmm. kickboxing. You know, they had fitness experience, yeah. but it's like when people come in, they have all of their ideas about how things should be done. If they have experience with personal training or in my case, kickboxing, it was like, they had ideas of how it should be done. And then it would be really hard for them to break out of that and do it how you wanted it done within your business. So that's actually a good tip for people, you know, looking for help. Sometimes it is better to hire people that, you know, maybe do have experience in personal training. If, if that's what you're looking for, have their certification, but don't necessarily have a lot of experience in doing exactly what it is that you do just because like I said it's hard when people come in even with like the nutrition aspect it's like everybody has their idea of what uh, a healthy diet is or what people should be doing whether it be keto or intermittent fasting or everybody always has their own idea of things so sometimes it's hard for them to break out of that and do things the way that you want it done mm -hmm. so that's a, a good piece of advice there. And that actually carries us into the next section uh, being if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering opening their own facility, what would that be? Don't do it. <laughs> That's what I always say. I'm like, no, I'll work for somebody else. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, listen, that's a very tough question. I, you know, if you... If you want to be successful, I would say anybody that wants to open up their own facility in terms of more of a personal training facility, you have to have a current clientele to bring in. Do not start from scratch. Do not go blank canvas, new market, take what you already have and build on that. I think when you build a facility and you open your doors and you have zero clients, I mean, you're just asking to go completely backwards. Um, so, I mean, that would be my piece. Yeah. So that's why when we were doing the numbers, obviously we wanted to make sure that we had a number that we were hitting obviously for the year with our clients that we we're already doing, but definitely have a clientele base. But, you know, I always say, don't listen to what anyone says, because mm -hmm. I always hear these people, you know, asking other people for advice and stuff like that. When I got this gym, when I signed the papers, I was 26 years old at the time. I literally signed everything. Her and I, we paid all the money. I bring my parents here. I was like, hey, this is my gym. They're like, what? Mm -hmm. Because I always think my parents are old school where they always follow by the books. You know, I went to school, I did college, I went to grad school because they wanted me to do that. Where then I wasn't really wanting to do it. I did it for them. And they kind of always want everything this tight knit where if I knew for, if I asked them, they would have been like, you know, would you set the best idea and stuff like that where... If you really want to do something, you know, and you know you're good at it and it's your passion and you think you could do really good at it, do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Don't ever listen to what all the naysayers say and stuff like that because people always thought, 
oh, you guys are dumb. You shouldn't be doing this during COVID. It's not the best idea. Mm-hmm. Now look at us where, yeah. you know, and they're the ones asking us for advice now. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, you, you know, know, you have to take the risk if it makes sense and if it's truly your passion, because I'm sure everyone reads and hears all the classic quotes of entrepreneurship. But when we walk in the door at five, six o'clock in the morning, to me, it's not work, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, I don't know how you guys work the hours that you do because we can seriously love what we do and we're passionate about it where it doesn't feel like a job. Right. So if it makes sense, absolutely go for it. Um, but be business conscious, always look at the numbers and kind of make sure that you have a good like, foundation uh, before really opening the doors. Yes, 100%. That's a great piece of advice because a lot of times people do go into it not having that solid client base and then they get into these facilities and obviously have all of this debt a lot of the times people have debt from uh purchasing the equipment or you know getting started all of the fees to get started and then they don't have a solid client base and then it's like now you've got to acquire clients on top of it which can cost money as well uh and they get into situations right off the bat that aren't so great. And then they end up not being able to survive. So that's a huge piece is, is having that client base. And then also, you know, I always like that, um, kind of keeping quiet about what it is that you're doing or the goals Mm -hmm. that you have, just because so many times people don't do things because of other people's views of them, Mm -hmm. right. Or they'll just shoot down your goals because they don't think it's possible. And one thing that I, I really loved about being in the consulting space was breaking people's beliefs because a lot of times people just hold themselves back because they don't believe it's possible. So it's easier for them to just not try than to try and fail. And that holds people back in so many areas of their life, in their life in general, in relationships, in business. And it's really cool to see somebody overcome that, you know? And it's like, even when I was in my facility, especially when I first started selling, it was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, are people really going to pay that? Like, I I don't know. And then I got to a point where I was taking $50,000 over the, over the counter in cash every month. And it was like, Whoa, like I never, I never thought that this was possible. Right. And then I would go to these other facilities and I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And every time it was like, no, that's not going to work. And it's like, all right, well, let me show you. And then I would show them and they would be like, wow. And then they would try it. And it would just kind of like snowball from there. And it was really cool to see that. So I always, you know, I like to kind of keep quiet about my own goals because you just don't want that negative influence of other people and you know people always mean well or most of the time they mean well especially if it's coming from like a parent or family member or whatnot but a lot of times that can hold you back so Mm -hmm. that's a a great piece there so all right so now as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media Absolutely. So on Instagram, we are B and G Fit Club. Um, we are, of course, on Facebook as well. We have our website up and running too. Um, we have a place on our website as well. So for our any potential new clients, we actually ask that they apply to work out here. There's just a quick application. It helps us get to know them a little bit more and fit them with the right trainer based on their goals. Um, we are on TikTok as well. And then, of course, Brendan and I have our personal pages um, on, on all channels. Awesome. All right. Perfect. Brendan and Lauren from BNG Fit Club in Riverdale, New Jersey. Thank you both for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you you so much. much. 
Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit 306 in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Jay Kane, how are you doing today? Doing well, sir. Doing very well. Fantastic. Uh, We've got a lot to cover and not a lot of time to do so. So let's hop into it. Tell us about CrossFit 306, what you're all about. Well, CrossFit 306 was the second Reebok affiliate ever in Canada. We were uh, second behind CrossFit Reebok Firepower in Ontario. We were the second one and the first one in Western Canada. We opened 10 years ago, and it was uh, a deal that I struck with Reebok after uh, going to the CrossFit Games for the second year in a row. So I was there in 2010 as a team member. And then in 2011, I went back as an individual after winning the Canada East Regionals. At the CrossFit Games on the Sunday afternoon, we sat down with the uh, directors of Reebok and they asked us if we'd be willing to partner with them to open up a Reebok affiliate. And they did that because they were trying to grow their brand and figured they needed local presence in key markets. Um, So we decided to leave Toronto at the time. That's where we were living, just outside of Toronto. And we moved back out west where my wife uh, was born and raised so we could get some family support. We had three young kids and we moved all the way to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan opened up the first Reebok affiliate in Western Canada. And within six weeks, I was already up to a hundred members at our gym. And within six months, I was at 150 members. And by October of our first year, so within the first year, we were well over 200. And we actually had to put a stop on taking on new members because I didn't want to give anybody a bad experience. And I was having my classes were just overfilled and I was really short on staff so we had to take uh, we had to stop taking members which I thought was kind of badass there's not a lot of gyms that I've ever said I have too many members so we did that for a little bit at the end of 2012 and then hired more and trained more staff and then we're off to the races in 2013 again so we've been successfully operating for the last decade for sure so to go back a little bit, your background, your degree is in finance. So you were an athlete, you were a CrossFit competitor, you were somebody who saw, you know, the love of it and what the coaching, what the model could do. But you also saw that there was a financial opportunity there. When the when the conversations happened with Reebok, um, there wasn't, you know, back then there there still isn't a lot of information about you know, how to run a CrossFit gym from the business side of things, but you had that background. So how much did that factor into you looking at it through that lens of finance as a business opportunity versus just the, the more common story of, I love CrossFit. uh, I want to open a gym, barrier to entry is low. Other people will love it. Let's do it. Um, Yeah. So because of my finance background and I worked in commercial banking, 
um, there's two key components that I looked at. One was cash flow, and the other one was profitability. Um, so in life, whatever you focus on tends to expand. So if you're, you know, if you're focusing focusing on client retention, you know, that'll be better. If you focus on profitability, that'll probably end up improving. So my focus was always on profitability because I knew at the end of the day, the way our business was set up, the profits were what I was able to take home and give back to my family and my wife and my kids and, you know, support our family home, which was really important. I wasn't going to do this to put my family in a worse position. And right before I started CrossFit, I was in pharmaceuticals. So I was in a great industry, like a five-star industry, getting paid well with benefits and holidays and so on and so forth. And I wasn't going to take this giant risk of opening up a small gym unless I saw that there was a chance of being, you know, healthy and profitable and living a good standard of living. The only caveat was that I was also going to get to do something that I was incredibly passionate about. Um, so, yeah, so I focused on profits from the get-go, making sure that um, my expenses were always in check and I always found ways to grow my revenue to make sure that my take-home pay was always going to be healthy. Perfect. So you, you opened up and it was, it was early days of CrossFit. So it really was a matter of, to a certain degree, if you build it, they will come. You had some credibility from your athletic performance. You had the backing of Reebok. So really a perfect storm there to get things off the ground. But, you know, that, that got you, that got you to where you were full, but you've managed to maintain that um, for, for going on 10 years now. What's kept you from, you know, from having, you know, any kind of major downturn or have you had any kind of major downturn? And also, um, you've got one location, the temptation often in the business, myself included, is you have one successful location to try to duplicate it, try to franchise it. There's all these different things that happen. So what's kept things on the course where they are? You know, you're still um, an affiliate with um, mid 200s or so is a membership base. You don't have a gargantuan space. You didn't, you know, go out and build the Taj Mahal and get this shiny object syndrome. So what's kept you on, on the trajectory that you've stayed for so long? Well, in, uh, in my humble opinion, there's been a couple of things. So a, when we did open, like you said, it was a perfect storm of, economic healthy wins. So when we moved to Saskatoon back in 2011, like you said, I was a, a games athlete. So we had the credibility there. Uh, we were the, we had the backing of Reebok. So we had the backing there. There was only two affiliates in our city and our city was 300,000 people. So there's only two affiliates. So definitely room for more, uh, which is we came into the door and we were number three. Um, but also Saskatchewan at the time, our province was flush with um, with cash, the our cost of living is very, very affordable in Saskatchewan. I mean, less so every year, it seems, but uh, definitely back in 2011, housing pricing was quite low. Um, and back then, farming, potash, oil, gas, diamond, uranium, all the things that drive the Saskatchewan economy, our pro provincial economy, was going so strong, like incredible. So there was a lot of discretionary income for people. Like when people are earning a good living and the, house, the cost of living is low, that discretionary spending can go to things like a CrossFit membership. So part of my success early was um, a lot of things that were just, you know, at the right place at the right time which is funny because at the time I just thought I was the smartest entrepreneur ever because I was doing really well. And it was my first year of business with my wife. 
and our gym was doing incredibly well. But then the economy turned by 2014, things changed significantly. So you were asking about downturns and yes, absolutely. So you said that there's this big need for people to open up either a bigger gym or multiple locations. Well, that's exactly what happened in our city. The first two gyms that were established in our city by the end of 2013, both decided to open up multiple locations and move to these giant locations. I'm talking like 18,000 square feet locations. Oof. Yeah. So we had two 18,000 square foot locations in our city uh, in 2014. So 2011, 2012, 2013, probably the best three years that the cross community ever experienced in, uh, in our city. 2014, uh, the owners that I compete directly against decided to open up either multiple locations or bigger locations. And actually, they did both. They both opened up these giant 18,000 square feet locations. Um, but and then the economy turned. So back in 2014, 2015, things changed a lot. All of a sudden, oil went from over $100 a barrel to $20 a barrel. And that really, I mean, I remember getting phone calls for a while there that I had to you know, members were canceling their memberships left, right, and center because their husband lost their job, their wife lost their jobs, they had to cut down their expenses, right? So all of a sudden you see this turn in the economy and then you realize that one of the reasons you were so successful was just right place, right time, right? So now the tide is lower, um, but for me, I was always operating with some really healthy margins, so we made it through. But my competitors ended up, um, they both, they closed, um, they closed multiple locations between the two of them. And they, one of them also shut down completely their 18,000 square foot gym. So it shows that like the impact that I was feeling, they were feeling as well, except we had healthy margins and we don't have, only had one location. We contemplated opening up a second location, but I remember talking to someone, I think it was, a, I'm going to say his name, his name was Jeff Larsh at Two Brain. I think it was him. And he said, unless you're sitting on your hands and you're bored, don't open a second location. So it made a lot of sense unless everything is operating super smoothly. And by 2015, we realized that our, uh, our margins were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. The economy hadn't rebounded yet. And the city now, which was flush with CrossFit space. I mean, you think about it. When you go from three gyms that were all about 5,000 square feet at the time, all of a sudden we were up to five gyms. And we went from, say, three times 5,000 is 15,000 square feet. Now you had two gyms, each at 18,000 square feet, plus smaller locations all over the place. We went from 15,000 square feet to like 60,000 square feet of available CrossFit space. And now it's like 2015 and everybody was offering discounts and free memberships and this and that to just try and get people through their doors because it was a, it was a bit of a bloodbath there. So we had to get really, really tight with our uh, operations, making sure there was no expense that was wasted, which was a really good skill to learn to make sure that we had no fat left in our business and everything was operating really lean and um, and then I was able to get in contact and we started running different types of programs so instead of just doing the CrossFit membership we started doing different programs we introduced like uh, intro programs and that sort of stuff in boot camps and so we had to kind of pivot a little bit on our business and that kind of brought us back to a very healthy position and then through 2017 and 2018 we enjoyed some of our best years ever in business um, and that's when I started working with Two Brain as well uh, and that's when we realized as well that my wife and I, we were working almost all the hours at the gym. And though the business was doing well from a financial standard, it was causing a lot of stress from a relationship standpoint. My wife was there from, 
you know, she'd open at 6 a.m. and she'd work right till one running all her morning classes. And then I'd come in and train at noon and start working at one and I'd be there till eight o'clock at night. So it was just becoming too much for a, a couple. And then we realized after working with Two Brain that we had to remove ourselves from the gym more. So my wife took a corporate job to remove herself and then we hired a, a director of operations and now our lives are a lot more balanced that way and we were able to uh, maintain some solid profitability and uh, the gym now operates like a, a very well-tuned machine and then 2020 hit and then we went through covid so then we went through two years of covid and we're just finishing off um, but our gym rebounded really well through covid we uh, at the worst part of COVID, we were still profitable because we kept so many clients. When COVID hit, we pivoted super quick. We rented equipment to a lot of our members. Uh, we, I had so many members on personal programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching through online or virtual. We ran Zoom classes. I mean, we did everything you could to ensure that our gym, because again, I only get paid if there's profits. So we did everything in our power to keep a little bit of profitability going. It wasn't much. I mean, we took a giant hit, but we still, when most gyms were losing money every month, we were still staying above and staying in the black. Got it. Um, on the, there's a lot there, but one of the last things you said, and just for clarification, uh, will you say that during COVID you rented equipment out to your members? Did you do it so that if, if somebody continued paying their regular dues, they were able to just check out equipment at no additional charge yeah, or so not, how did you, how did you the, run that? The way we did it is I knew I needed so many members still paying the full freight in order for all this to work and keep us going. So we basically created like, I think it was three different options for our members. One is you could join us on zoom every day and we'd give you one piece of equipment. So everybody, you could pick either a dumbbell or a wobble. I mean, we only had so many equipment that we could lend out, um, you know, because everybody was going to keep it at home. So you could do the Zoom classes with one piece of equipment, or I would, I could give you a full set of equipment, like a barbell and, a, and that sort of stuff. And I would give you a program, or you could rent like an expensive piece, like a, a rower, for example. So I would give you a rower with a little bit of a, a program to do with your rower and that sort of stuff. So we had different options. And then I had a lot of people that already had their stuff at home. So then I just did coaching and programming for them. Got it. I think that's the first time that I've heard of somebody um, having multiple options that way. It's mostly the majority was, you know, we'll do our Zoom class once a day and, you know, you can access it on pre-record if you can't be live. And then, you know, we, we let people take bundles of equipment or one or two things, but not that anybody had multiple levels. And, you know, I hope shutdowns going forward are minimum, but even if there aren't any more, if there isn't a resurgence or a new variant, it's still also something for people to think about as a business model, not just for when people can't come to the gym necessarily, but maybe for people who want to transition out, right? There may be a different price point or something like that, or different ways that you can service customers above and beyond just, oh, well, we either do personal training or group classes or remote, right? It's not it's not as black and white as it sounds. And sometimes when your back's up against the wall, you know, they, you know, uh, they say necessity is the mother of invention. You figured out we can tier this just like we would our in-gym services and take some lessons out of that. Yeah. So, um, 
and a couple of things. So you said like most people were offering one Zoom class. We were offering like five Zoom classes. So we knew which one were our basic classes. So we're really busy at 6 a.m., at noon, at 5, at 6 o'clock in the evening, like the key classes. So we offered Zoom at 6 a.m. to make sure that the people stayed in their habits. And then to this day, so even when the gyms reopened and everybody came back, I had a lot of people stay with uh, equipment. Like they said, you know what? I want to stay at home for a little while longer. I'm not comfortable yet. I'm like, yeah, keep the equipment. I'll keep programming for you and that sort of stuff. And even now, um, I mean, we're two years in and our gyms, you know, our gym was shut down for three months, but then, you know, various restrictions came through at different times. But even now, like as of today, um, I still have equipment rented and I have three dozen clients that are still doing just online training that I program for every single day. Perfect. Perfect. So one of the other things that we talked about before we hopped on was again, I think looking through your lens of having a finance and business background, which frankly, most people who own CrossFit gyms or micro gyms in general don't come from that world. We're usually consumers. You know, you could have a, a dentist who decides he's, he loves CrossFit and wants to own it or a coach who wants to have a CrossFit gym or all walks of life. But a lot of times it's not business owners who then decide to become solely CrossFit owners. Um, but you had this finance background. And one of the things you talked about was um, looking at how many people think CrossFit martyrdom is, is some badge of, of honor to wear, um, even if they don't realize it or how many people don't see that, like, there are ways to be profitable and still service your members and still feel like you're part of the community. If you look at expenses versus revenue, if you look at making sure that you have consistency in your cash flow. So can you give me an idea of how you generally look at, look at the business from how profit helps reinvestment helps, um, you know, helps you provide a better service is it, and it isn't just all evil capitalism and business owner wants to make a lot of money and have a yacht and a Lamborghini. Yeah. So I don't know a single CrossFit owner who has a yacht or a Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> Maybe Kalipa. Yeah. But, but like I look at all the, the members that come to our gym and we have excellent members and we have lawyers and doctors and dentists and surgeons and stuff. And they understand, like everybody understands that in order to have a good service, you have to pay for it. And everybody has the right to earn a living. And for some reason, like CrossFit owners believe that just because they enjoy what they're doing, it's okay for them not to make money. I'm like, no, no, like it's, that's not a thing. Like you are allowed and you deserve to make money because even though you like what you're doing, there's a lot of parts of our business that people like that aren't fun. Like, you know, spending time doing payroll, uh, opening up your gym at 6 a.m., um, you know, running all these community events. I'm like, oh, this was fun. This was a great community event. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like, if I was um, a teacher or a nurse or stuff, I would ask for time off in lieu of all this extra time I put in for um, running all these extra community events. You know, they're like, it, and it's, it's awesome to give back to the community, but ultimately in order for this to be sustainable for a long time, you have to take care of yourself. If you're on a plane and the plane's about to go down, the first thing you're instructed to do is take care of yourself before you take care of your kids, right? In business, if you're not taking care of yourself first, eventually you won't have anything left to give to your family or your members. 
So the priority always has to be you first as the owner to make sure you're taken care of, then your family, then your employees, then your members. Because if you do it in that right order, you'll always have lots to give to your members. A happy employee takes care of your membership. If the family's good, they help take care of you when you're down. And ultimately, if you're not taking care of yourself, you have nothing left to give to others. You won't be a good leader for your employees. You won't be a good leader within your cross community. And then you're going to start not liking your job and you're not going to like running your CrossFit gym. So it's really, really important that you start paying yourself well. And, and I hear this from affiliate owners all the time. Like, well, I can't pay myself well. We don't make enough money. Then you need to figure out if this can be fixed quickly or else you're better to shut it down and become a member at another CrossFit gym. If you just love CrossFit, but you can't make money at it, then don't be an owner. Like, that's not a thing. Like, I just can't handle it when they think that just because I like CrossFit doesn't mean I shouldn't. Just because you like what you do doesn't mean you should make money. Imagine, imagine if we said that to every job. Oh, you like teaching? Let's make you earn $30,000 less because you like being a teacher. Because unless you're miserable in your job, you don't deserve to make money. No, that's not a thing. I love my job. I love being a CrossFit owner, right? But that doesn't mean I don't get to get paid. Yeah. It's not a, it's not military hazard pay, right? It's not, you know, you, you should get paid more only if you're, if you hate it or it's dangerous or, you know, or, or, you know, somebody working on an oil rig that gets paid more just because, you know, the, the risk is high. It's, you know, your risk is high in any business as an entrepreneur in most cases, you know, I think we've, we've looked at so many, um, you know, under the hood of so many businesses and, so many micro gym owners specifically, you know, whether that's CrossFit, boot camp, even personal training studios, things like that are, you know, um, with these membership models are working like minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage. And, and with what the professional, uh, professionalization of training and where the money can, is that can be made, most of these people would be better off just being a trainer somewhere, even than an owner, if they don't, look at it through the lens of a business. The business has to exist to be profitable so you can reinvest. You can have all the cool stuff that you want to give your members. You can pay your coaches a living wage. You can, I don't know, put away something for retirement or to buy your building. There's all these other things that you can't do if you're making so little money that you can't even pay yourself. So, you know, I, I think that it's, if more and more people start to look look at it that way of, you know, it's not, it's not a sign of greed to want to run a profitable business. It's a sign of service because um, I'm not sure who said it, but, but somebody said something powerful once and they said, you know, being broke or being poor is one of the most selfish things you can be as a business owner because you just can't help anybody else. So we're certainly on the same page there. One more topic uh, specifically tactical that I wanted to get in from you uh, philosophically you're not a big fan of variable income streams when it comes to your monthly cash flow, when it comes to membership options, uh, having too many and having them not be consistent uh, is very, very common in our space. Um, how did you, how have you combated that? How do you balance, you know, having options that work for members, but also having predictable cash flow that you can run your business from? Yeah. So, um, what we've always done from day one is I've always put everyone on auto renew 
with a like a 30-day cancellation policy and at a set price. So we got rid of pretty much all our discounts pretty early in our business. Um, you know, in, in CrossFit, there's a lot of these discounts for military and then paramedic and then nurses and so on. But ultimately, if you sit back, you're like, okay, so you're giving 10% discount to your first responders. Okay, but why just them? Do you value your first responders more than you value your teachers? Do you value your teachers and your first responders more than you value um, small business owners that are in your community? Do you value your, like at some point, like it just doesn't make sense, right? Like it's like, well, you know, CrossFit's, you know, really into the military and first response. I'm like, yeah, but like, so you're saying yes to a paramedic, but no to a nurse. You're saying yes to a nurse and a paramedic, but no to a doctor. And all of a sudden you're, you're getting caught in all sorts of these weird options. And then once you start giving discounts and people know you're giving discounts, everybody wants a discount. So the first thing is get rid of all your discounts and just have a set price, have it transparent and stick to it. Say, this is my price and this is what I charge, right? Like you don't go to most businesses and like negotiate all the time. No, like you go to Starbucks, they're like, yeah, it's $6 for a latte. You go to like your spin class, they're like, yeah, it's $20 for a spin class. Like, yeah, that's our prices. Like it's not always negotiable. So that's one. And then second is in CrossFit, the bulk of the expenses for an affiliate are all fixed. Your utilities, your insurance, um, your rent, which is your biggest one, will all be pretty fixed. And the only one that might be a little bit variable is if you're paying your coaches hourly. But like for us, like we have a full-time salaried coach. So that's a fixed cost. So between him, my rent, my insurance, my utilities, I have a very high level of fixed costs. So in order for myself not to lose sleep, I need to know that I have fixed revenue to match that fixed cost. There's always going to be some place, some months are better than others, but the bulk of your revenue, and I'm talking like 90% of your revenue should be highly predictable so that you know months out how much you're going to earn in July of 2022, right? Within 10%. Like, I mean, every business that trades on any stock exchange, they always have to report future earnings and they always have to, you know, predicted future earnings is like a very common thing. So if you can't, you know, with confidence, within the 90% confidence, say what you're going to earn in July of 2022 this year, then you need to fix that. So we've always had everyone set on auto renew at a set price. And the auto renew is really good because once you've convinced someone to join your gym, then they're officially inside the system. And now it's just how good of an operator you are, how good your coaches are. And that person, as long as everything is operating well within your business, will stay with you for a very long time. If you put them all on these like punch passes or contracts, then you're always trying to resell them to re-sign up and stuff. And that's just exhausting. Like, even, like, I don't like it's to me, it's mind blowing when I see these people. I'm like, you realize nobody else is doing this where like people go to work and they, you know, they'll have a good month and a bad month, um, but they still make the same pay. Right. And our business should be largely the same. Like, for example, in Saskatoon, we get a couple of snow days like every month through December and January. So that's like a day where like almost nobody comes to the gym because nobody can get there because we live so close to the Arctic that it's like minus 30 snowing and blowing. Like you guys in Texas and stuff will have hurricanes where nobody goes to your gym. Well, on a, like on a, imagine like your hurricanes coming through Texas and then you have to close your gym for two days. So are you not earning any revenue for two days? Is that what's happening in your gyms? Because that's not a good recipe, right? What if it's like, you know, something happens and just like a slow week, like COVID hit in January where we had Omicron and our tenants dropped by 50% compared to the average January. 
but my revenue didn't drop by 50% because everybody's on a predictable membership, right? And there's going to be ebbs and flows, but I can't lose sleep hoping that we get enough people tomorrow. For sure. Man, lots, lots unpacked here today. Um, you know, lots more we probably could dive into, but we are just about out of time. So Jay, the last thing that I'm going to ask you uh, before we let you go for the day here, uh, and I'm going to say it now, I'd, I'd love to have you back on at some point. Um, if you could go back and tell younger Jay, business owner, somewhere in the last 10 years, um, anything that you think um, would have been valuable to know along the way, if there's one one lesson, one big thing that would have moved the needle. Is there anything that stands out to you that you wish that you learned that you wish you would have learned sooner? I, I think the two biggest things that I would have uh, done sooner, uh, and I did, I did the first one very quickly, is get rid of discounts. Like all these discounts are different, just get rid of those. It's a slippery slope. And once you start giving a discount to one person, it's hard to justify not to give to another person. You're just ultimately, you know, bringing your prices down that and then b buy your space buy your commercial space as soon as you can as soon as you can buy yourself a piece of commercial property um, because ultimately that gives you that much more control like the biggest expense that most of owners are going to see is their rent right uh, and the problem with rent is that it generally goes up over time um, so then you're always trying to either find ways to put price increases through your membership, which is reasonable and it's something that people expect, but it's an uncomfortable thing to do, but you end up having to do it more often than you want to. And then the second is um, ultimately you end up stuck because you're reinvesting in your leasehold improvements over and over again. And if you walk away, all those leasehold improvements stay with the building. So you put in like $100,000 in leasehold improvements. And then if you want a different space, you move and the leasehold improvements stay there. So much, much better to own your space so that this way, as you're paying down your mortgage, you're effectively paying less and less rent every year. And you can still put your price increases on your members because that's just part of inflation and part of stuff, but your rent becomes a smaller, smaller piece of your total overall expenses. And on top of that, you can then sell the operating business to your coaches or whoever wants to buy it and stay on as landlord. And that's your retirement fund as well. Great, great pieces of advice, sir. I appreciate you so much. Um, I, I truly do hope we can get you back on again, but I thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure having you. It was great. Thanks. Uh -huh. You're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Wards out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Wards podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Eric Yunk out of Brentwood, Northern California with Gray Group Fitness. How are we doing today, Eric? Hey, Jenna. Fantastic. Sweet. Okay, first thing I want to say to you, Eric, is... One, thank you. Uh, I think it always says a lot about an entrepreneur in this space when they can take an hour out of that that day-to-day that gets very routine-like and come and sit down and do something like this or they're contributing back to their own industry. So thank you for that. Okay, no problem. Happy to be here. Heck yeah. Okay, sweet. Eric, let's do this. First thing, um, let's walk the listeners through what got you into the industry and what has led you to where you're at currently now, 2022. Oh boy. Uh, we've got to keep this quick. Long story, like probably everybody's. Um, so backgrounds, uh, military, uh, and also law enforcement. I know there's a lot of folks out there in that kind of story got out of, uh, in that business and, and retired, uh, finished that up. I have a, a background in, in being an instructor and a fitness instructor, uh, I was a U.S. Olympic coach, uh, and also a coach in the CrossFit space. Got into that helping buddies out who were still uh, within the active uh, realm of uh, the law enforcement careers and the military careers and the community that I was in. And it just kind of spiraled. Um, and I missed uh, coaching. I missed being an instructor. And that kind of base of, of, I guess, clientele grew and grew and grew. And there really wasn't room in, in the garage anymore. And yeah. a bunch of those, uh, I guess, friends and then those friends' wives and then those wives' friends um, it expanded and it turned into uh, a, hey man, um, why don't, why don't you really do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the job that I was doing was contracting uh, for some government stuff. Um, and I really wasn't in love with that. And so it just turned into finding a location with a small group of folks I have and pretty much just uh, believing in the fact that this would go down. And if we did this right and trial and error, like everybody that just kind of jumps into the deep end, Mm-hmm. In regards to this, uh, the, this crazy dream that we all do with, with starting a gym, be it a, a small location or, or grabbing a couple of buddies and some folks that believe in you and, and open it up bigger and you either, you either survive or you fall on your face. And, and, uh, here we are, um, now I'm in my seventh year of my own location. So, yeah, you know, seeing how the, the, the basic, I guess, surviving range is if you pass what, three years, four years, it, yeah, it's pretty uh, it good takes, now. Yeah, it takes most facilities. Uh, fun fact for everybody: it takes most facilities five years to get into profit, um, and then most people will shut their doors around that year three mark. So, yeah, um, it, that's that's the industry average of you know people typically don't if they it's usually uh, I come in as with a passion and a dream and don't ever kind of make that transition into business owner, and that's kind of where the fallen victims happen at at year three unfortunately so that's why we're on this platform eric and we're trying to help people avoid that right so okay sweet so what i would love for you to do um is walk us through you know your services i know that you are a crossfit affiliate um and you know that's kind of the standard day-to-day but um what services do we have um 
so the name of our, our gym totality is, is Gray Group Fitness. Uh, and there's a lot of the gyms that do that as well um, as being an affiliate uh, or CrossFit affiliate or CrossFit affiliate name is CrossFit Takedown. Um, so our day-to-day -day is uh, being a CrossFit affiliate and that's our standardized program is following a, that uh, GPP programming. We have our comp programming and kind of that generalized CrossFit space. Um, and we also do one-on-one. -on -one. I do a lot of stuff with adaptive athletes. Um, myself, um, I'm an adaptive athlete, 100% disabled out of the military. Got a lot of fake parts and and uh, and uh, cyborg parts. Um, so we like to help out guys that are transitioning out of the military or may have some things coming from different careers within that space, trying to figure out their bodies again and what works for them uh, and kind of getting past those hurdles. Um, but we also do a lot of work with folks trying to get into um, either uh, the future military space for themselves or even uh, first responders. So um, like uh, academy preps, you know, for either fire, uh, law enforcement, uh, folks that are trying to get into specialized careers in the military um, that have some type of advanced selection type process where they have to do a little yeah, more yeah. prep than the normal guy or gal. Um, yeah. So we do a lot of help with uh, those folks and making sure that they have an actual planned out path um, a little bit more than just showing up. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's huge. a lot of, lot of fun uh, working with those folks, especially to seeing them succeed. Not that rewarding, any, yeah. Not, that, not seeing anybody succeed, right? Because whatever their goals are in their day to day right. is fantastic and why we do it. But um, to see people go through that crucible and come out on the other end and then come back and say, hey, look what we did. That's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, that's that's cool. You know, that's something that, you know, I feel like naturally a lot of people that are within, you know, um, the police academy or the fire department or whatever it may be, they kind of naturally gravitate towards that CrossFit style of training for that endurance. But I think what you're doing is, yeah, I don't hear about it a lot in the space of like really, really tailoring programs and, you know, doing things to get them back to that confident, you know, as far as physical ailments, you know what I mean? Like being able to move correctly again and being able to kind of just have that strength back. It's huge. I think that's cool. Um, I don't hear about that a ton in the industry. So that's cool. Um, okay, sweet. So what I want to dive into now is um, let's get into the numbers. Let's get into how you're serving your clients now. Um, so walk us through, I mean, how many current members and clients are you serving right now? Uh, so right now we're rolling around uh, the hundred mark. Um, I mean, everybody I know who's listening, who is, is, is currently an owner in any capacity, I know is dealing with I mean, everything we've gone through the past, you know, several years and some places are better uh, than others, uh, us here in California, especially I'm um, in the Northern California area in the Bay Area. So it's like a, a revolving door of what's going on every week in regards to uh, the, the COVID stuff. Um, but it's just a constant one week this, one week that. So the, the numbers game is pretty, pretty tricky, but we're bouncing around the 100, 100 member mark. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's great. Um, and then it changes for some strange reason, depending on which county is deciding to do what they want to do. Um, so that's been kind of tough, but, um, you know, making sure that, that we are, uh, be very attentive to the member, which is mm -hmm. normal, right? I mean, yeah. you have to explain that to anybody that the member is, is the priority. I think we're, we're a little bit behind, um, yeah. but that's where we're fluctuating, you know, mm -hmm. so like anything we, we lose and we gain and we lose and we gain. I'm hoping that as things start to change, and I hate using the word norm normalcy, I feel like we've beaten that to a dead horse the past couple of years in regards to that. Um, I feel as things get better and people get more comfortable, hopefully numbers can grow uh, mm -hmm. instead of just a, a flatlining effect. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where we've been sitting. 
Mm-hmm. That's something that's definitely, you know, a lot of people are, are, are battling right now is just that um, getting to that place of that it will, they're in that ebb and flow. They feel stagnant. They can't quite crack the code. And I think the biggest thing is like the industry now is so much different. I mean, it is. And I think a lot of times we think that it's just going to like snap back to what it used to be, that people are just going to come back. It's going to get back to normal, what we knew was normal, right? But it's, we're almost entering a new world of normal, which is, you know, smaller classes sometimes, which is online platforms, which is just like being really creative in the ways of scaling. Um, So we're sitting at a hundred members right now. And I always like to ask, I mean, where do you want to go with that? What's the goal? So uh, my goal, or just our goal, right, across the staff in the gym, um, it obviously is based off of, of our facility size. Um, I'm at about 150, and this is not only dependent on facility size, and everybody, I believe, should have that, that square footage based off of, of their clientele square footage, what you do specifically in your gym, you know, if you have a, a higher-based one-on-one, um, you know, if you're doing group classes, what you could fit, what you're doing, you know, how you're training, obviously with what we do, we have barbells and we're moving and there's a lot of, of activities, only so much you can do and you need to have safety and blah, blah, blah. Um, but also is, is really big into, you know, dealing with a, a population and you reach a certain number and you pass a certain population of clientele and then you start getting these kind of subgroups um, and trying to keep it in a community and that you were used a lot, especially within certain fitness realms is once you surpass a membership size, you lose that, right? Because um, how humans just work, right? And this is just basic, uh, you know, you know, organizational or community-based psychology is you start to get into the little clicks and then those clicks have clicks and you have to keep that within a realm that you can control um, to where you don't want that to get out of hand. And once you get over that, you know, 130, 150 member mark, you know, and you start to have all these little different groups that are going to start forming and, and it starts becoming a little bit not about what you're trying to create. Uh, but also, is, do you know more of what's going on within your people? Yeah. You know, they know your staff. Mm-hmm. Staff knows them. Um, so not only is it location size, but for me and, and my staff of, of, of coaches, it's knowing who we have. And, you know, if Jenna comes in, we will remember what's happening in regards to your injuries and your body and your success. Um, you have hundreds and hundreds of members and then you just start becoming a face. And yeah, no, I, I mean, I can, yeah, I can totally get behind that and understand that. And that's, that's one thing that honestly is one of the biggest things that I hear from gym owners is like, yeah, we do want to grow. Right. But we don't want it to be to a point where it's like, you know, the value is decreasing in the facility because the value starts to decrease it doesn't justify our price points anymore it doesn't justify why people even want to stay so we start to lose people um so you know you still have around 50 or so members to gain so what i want to touch in with that and then we'll go a different route as far as growth but what are you doing right now actively to aid in you know that 50 member gain that we're looking for this year um so my biggest thing and i know that this is is pretty common a lot of, you know, my peers and, and people that are gym owners that I talk to, got a, a good group of folks that I keep in contact with and we kind of mind melt. Um, and I know a lot of people out there that are listening will agree, is put a lot of effort into our clients and their experience and the value we give them and being so stoked about what we do and their successes within the gym that they just can't help 
telling other people about it, right? You know, and we can talk about marketing and, and you know, all this money that you may spend or not spend, but we all know that the biggest asset to any gym owner is their current membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if you're spending so much time outside your gym, spending money on whatever you're spending money on, and you are not focusing on what's going on to your current people, Mm-hmm. and they're not putting out what's going on and they're not having the successes they're supposed to have, you're always wasting your time, you know, and you're not even doing your job. So um, especially too, with everything that's going on now is, you know, old school, you know, grassroots stuff of dumping flyers in, in locations that people aren't even going to anymore, you know, because they're not going into, you know, the coffee shops like they used to, or, you know, I mean, now it's nearly goes online. So why am I going to dump a bunch of product into it? Well, know, I'm, I'm really glad you, t- I'm really glad you said that because that's yeah. something I'm like, I try to tell people nowadays. I'm like, listen, I, I can speak for some people that are within this younger generation that are eventually or who you're trying to acquire as a client, right. For like yeah. that longer lifetime value. And I'm not picking up a newspaper. I'm not picking up a flyer. I'm no. quite literally seeing everything on my phone. And, yeah. you know, so First of all, going back to the referrals, the word of mouth, the organic growth, and I say this every episode and I'll always say it, that I will always edify word of mouth because one, it never goes away. It's always there. Um, you know, you're, like you said, your OG clients are going to go out and naturally be your, your salesman without even realizing that they're doing it, right? Because they're so convicted in your facility. They love you guys. They love what you do. They love being there so they can go to church, the grocery store, and to a friend and naturally talk about you guys. They can naturally refer people or, or draw them in. So it, by the time these people show up to your facility, you're not selling them. You're quite literally getting them set up, ready to rock and roll. It's an easy process. Plus it's usually those people fit our culture really well because they were brought in by our OG clients and they stick around for a long time. Usually, you know, so I'm always edified the the word of mouth world, but I'll also say on the flip end of the spectrum, when there's, when there's a time where we really want to control lead flow, we can't with word of mouth, unfortunately. Um, it's, we can't, we cannot speed it up. We cannot slow it down. It's its own entity. It does its own thing as much as we hope we're the first thing that comes out of our client's mouths when they go out somewhere. We can't really control that. Um, we wish we could, but we we can't control that. So, you know, the only controllable way to essentially speed up lead flow and speed up growth and have controllable growth is through digital marketing. So I want to pick your brain on that. Um, what's the, you know, are you dabbling in that? If you're not, why? Um, so we do, we have our, our social media stuff. And the, the biggest thing that I do in regards to digital um, is highlighting members, which I think is pretty standard, right? And we really make sure that anytime we do um, is it's, it's member highlights. And, um, it's not, you know, any, it's, it's trying to be as, as, as real as possible. In regards, there's a lot of different tactics and techniques uh, we can always be better. Uh, not a great digital marketing kind of guy. Um, there's always room for improvement, but when we do it, it's trying to make sure that the right things are highlighted um, and, and making sure that our platforms are being used in regards for the, that specific space um, mm-hmm. and, and not going off track 
Um, I know it's been especially hard to, I know for a, a lot of different folks in regards to the political climate and things that, you know, they're, they're kind of getting off pace and, and doing a, a little bit different stuff with their platforms and yeah. really making sure that we don't do that. We're highlighting the, what we're doing in the gym and what members are doing in the gym um, and the stuff that is happening in there. Um, so people can see like, oh, wow, this is what's going on. And I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And so there's, you know, there's a lot to be said about brand awareness and a lot of people that are missing the mark on that because you think about it naturally, if someone's interested in CrossFit, they're probably going to go to Google and they're going to sit, they're going to type in CrossFit facilities near me, you know, and then let's see, they, they see a couple pictures of yours. They like, they're naturally going to go to your Facebook. They're going to go to your Instagram because they want to see more and they want to feel a certain way when they look at your page. They want to see what results are your clients getting? What does the workouts look like? Are people smiling? What's the community like? like? They want to see those things. So naturally, people are going to hunt you down on social media. So, um, you know, brand awareness is huge. Then there's the other element of it, which, you know, brand awareness essentially is free. You know, we're, we're posting, we're, you know what I mean? But then the other element of it is, you know, advert, paid advertising, speeding up lead flow. So is that something you're doing right now aside from brand awareness? Uh, paid advertising? No, uh, okay. never, uh, we've never done that. And yeah. we've, we've had such a success without it, I suppose. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, that's really it. There's no, no really need for justification of anything other than that. Just myself as an owner, um, not needing we have enough stuff happening and there's enough leads and there's enough people coming through the door right uh, where it hasn't been any type of stagnant movement where it's like oh wow we need to we need to add something um yeah. where that's needed to come up to where that avenue needs to be approached um i mean i mean we get enough folks coming just from you know, finding the website alone yeah, and just right. something as small which is crazy and if somebody is out there listening and there you happen to be this person if you don't think that keeping your website up to date that small thing is not a big deal you are wrong mm -hmm. just having your website up to date if you are not updating your website every time you change one little thing in your gym you are failing on the biggest thing Mm -hmm. people yeah. will come in and walk in the door and hey how are you they're coming they're talking to our coach you know we have our stuff that we do and they go hey you know tracked you down new in town looking for a new spot interested in whatever it is is everything on your website up to date yes it is and they are blown away because mm -hmm. every other place they looked at their stuff on their website is ancient their yeah. hours are not up to date the stuff that they offer isn't up to date mm -hmm. you know or they call and they're like yeah none of that stuff is accurate and something that small is a game changer, just that small. And it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's super crazy. Yeah, I um, know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Again, that goes back to brand awareness. Like, is, I don't care how much you hate social media, you hate, hate the website. That's what's hitting hard right now in this world. Those things got to be up to par as a business owner. So yeah, good point there. Um, okay, sweet. So I still kind of want to stay on the growth um, avenue because this is always just a fun topic for people is, okay, sweet. So we're at hundred members. We want to, you know, get to 150. Um, I always like to talk about timeline. What's the timeline if we do, we don't change anything right now that we think we will hit that milestone, attack that goal. Oh gosh. Um, I'd like to say you probably get pretty close, I think, by mid-year. 
because um, yeah, yeah. we were pre-COVID, we were super close. Yeah. Um, and then when that happened, I mean, like everybody, I know there's there's probably hundreds of, of folks out there um, listening that are just nodding their head and going, yeah, man, we were on track um, and great things were happening. And then it was like just getting sucker punched. Um, and then the whole, everything just turned around. And um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, you know, lost a lot of things. And I mean, uh, we are super, super lucky that we survived through that. And a lot of folks that, you know, s- stuck by us and um, I know a lot of the other uh, gym owners have been on the podcast and they've talked about people that have stuck by them and said, hey, you know, we believe in what's going on. And we've been here for years and we want this mm-hmm. to survive. Um, and we are a part of that, you know, that just being lucky mm-hmm. and blessed, whatever words you want to use. Um, we were on track for that. And I know that we'll, we'll get back to that. And every week those numbers are, are increasing. Um, I think our biggest thing with not continuing at, I guess, in a, a speedily pace, you know, cause we're not necessarily losing, we're always gaining, you know, it's a, it's kind of a gain two, lose one, gain three, lose one. Um, but it's mostly a lot is for our area, um, with the economy, it's been people moving. So it's not just people quitting, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, the value in the product's not there. Um, it's been a lot of folks just leaving the area. Yeah, know? yeah. And that's, you know, that's what people would consider, I have air quotes, good churn. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, that's kind of just like an uncontrollable thing. That's not anything to do with you, your service, what you did wrong. You know what I mean? So um, let me ask you this. If if you um, were like, snap your fingers, wave a magic wand, we're at 150 members right now today. Mm-hmm. what does that change for your life? What, what door does that open? What's next? If you can put yourself in that place. Um, that would, I think for, for most owners, uh, free up, I think my time to pursue bigger things in regards to, um, to, to the business. There's a lot of, you know, bigger picture things. Um, and it, it, every owner could sit there, you know, look at their list of, of things they, they'd love to do for their goals. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know one owner or manager uh, that doesn't have that goal list. Like, man, if I had more time um, and no one, because of who we are as, as human beings to own a gym, we're all fairly similar, you know, animals. Um, are we just going to sit around, right? We're going to find something to fill that space. That's right, just how right. we work. Yeah. Um, totally. And for me, you know, I'm on the floor and I'm coaching, I'm coaching quite a bit is one finding, uh, you know, staff, um, and I'd fill that space with, with more, more certifications and courses and learning things. Um, but bringing, you know, what we're doing to, to a, a wider audience within the community, uh, mm-hmm. doing some things that I've wanted to do to bring, you know, that, that health and, uh, you know, fitness to, you know, to schools and, and trying to get it to, um, to, to communities that, you know, especially right now are just, they're pushing against it or they're claiming we don't have time um, and saying, well, we have the time and we have the knowledge and the education. So let's bring it to you and let's build this a wider base, which in turn, you know, brings it back to us in mm-hmm. and, and some other format, but not having, um, I guess, the basis to grow other things. I got to be in there more uh, mm-hmm. when I should be out there more. Yeah, nope. That is um, usually the way that I'll ask a question and I form it differently typically is I'll ask people, what's the current bottleneck you're experiencing? And right. it's necessarily a bottleneck, but in some ways, a lot of the time gym owners are like, well, 
I'm in the business too much. I enjoy it, uh, but I want it to be more of like a choice, right? I'm in the business too much when I would prefer to step back a little bit, have a bird's eye view of the business and be able to look at it at different angles that I've never really gotten to look at the business. So being hands-on, yeah. um, you know, so I think you shifting your mindset in that place is huge. And I mean, the next step of a, of a gym owner, a business owner is to build out staff to grow and scale. Like that is like the next phase of, of growth is ultimately doing that. So what I, what I want to ask next here is, you know, let's say that we don't ever get to hundred or to 150 members. Let's say we just stay at hundred. The next way to essentially grow is through Ascension services, which is what I call them. So, which is making the most of our existing member as another stream of revenue without bringing in new people capacity wise, right? So ascending people into a higher ticket one-on-one, -on -one, into nutrition, supplementation, something that's going to aid in getting them to their goal. What are we doing right now to ascend people into new services as another stream of revenue? So we've got uh, a couple avenues for that. Um, so not only just our different membership options, um but the uh we can add on packages for one-on-one -on -one nutrition uh, we've got a couple of coaches that that we have that um nice. we can do one-on-one -on -one where we ramp that up in regards to you know specialty stuff with if you want to look at one personal stuff yeah. um there's the different one-on-ones for for coming in for more prep in regards to academy um we can, you know, do specific Ollie type coaching. Um, so there's a bunch of different avenues to, I guess, yeah. you know, kind of 10 exit, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, so it's, there's there, the, the add-ons and all those things. Um, and we're always trying to come up with new ideas and new things to go, you know, hey, if, if this is your, you know, if this is your, your roadmap, you know, we can do this and kind of experimenting with that stuff. Um, it's a yeah. constant evolution, right? And, uh, and, and ways to, to better, or just offer different stuff for different folks. Um, yeah, I think that's huge, you know, especially having, you know, different Ascension services as far as the one-on-one, -on -one, the programming, the, you know, the nutrition, whatever it may be. It's like, I always say people don't really know what they need until they see it, hear it, or like we tell them. So there's a lot of times where, you know, I'll ask people that similar question. And they're like, nah, my people don't want it. And it's like, well, have you asked them? It's like, no. Well, we got to ask, we got to like put it out there and let our clients know, Hey, we have this. And you'd be really shocked. I mean, like I always explain it like this. How many times do we go down the aisles of Walmart? You think about it and you see something you've never seen today in your life. And you're like, I need that. Didn't know I needed it until right now, because I just saw it for the first time, but I need it now. And it's like one, the same thing with, you know, with, with clients is like, so I, let me ask you this. Do you think as far as really pushing in 2022 is another way of growth, you know, those, those Ascension services, would it be beneficial for you to do that through some sort of advertising if you could effectively do it? Uh, to advertise them for the services. Yeah. Just, Oh you know. yeah, no, that's, and that's something we've, we've talked about as well. The, yeah. The that'd be huge. Um, and we're actually doing some of that right now. I've got uh, two different types of packages that we're playing around with yeah. um, to where, you know, if the, if the growth stuff doesn't really change and things don't really kind of change in regards to mindset mm -hmm. uh, for people, especially with economy wise, right. Um, where if, if folks are still, things aren't changing the next couple months um, and that nut doesn't get cracked or however it works, it's okay. Well, what do we need to, what can we do uh, to do add-ons or, 
do different packages or if things don't change, you know, in the area or whatever it might be, right? There's a million different reasons. Um, what yeah. can we do? And, and what would be even cooler of like, let's hit 150 members and send people into different things. Oh yeah, you could totally. Simultaneously, yeah, same time, right? Pigeonholing yourself into that one thing. And so, uh, you know, not to, to get me wrong with the numbers game, right? So it's not just a numbers game. You know, it's the multiple avenues of making that happen. And, um, and also too, for folks and, and, you know, I fell into this and sometimes I do also, and I know you talk to, you know, your folks, what you do, you know, not just on gym lords, knowing what you do outside of here is, is, is not being in the gym all the time. It doesn't just have to do with membership for a gym owner. It's, mm-hmm. you know, delegate to your staff too, right? And a lot of guys get caught up in that. And, and I do too. It's like, oh, well, I got to take care of this. Well, I have super smart staff. There's very intelligent people, right? And making sure that, you know, you're handing stuff off to folks yeah. you know, and know that they can do that. And they're very capable to do that. You know, now sometimes, you know, maybe you'll have folks that don't have the time or you've got part-time staff or whatever your staff looks like. Um, but that's a big part of it too. You know, you don't need to have this incredible client base, you know, to be able to step back. Sometimes just hand stuff off, you know, and it's okay. No, that's seriously such a good point there because again, that's one of the biggest things is like, you know, people, they come in and they create this business that they've had for whether it's brand new, a year old, or it's 15 years in the game. And it's like your baby, you know, you create this thing and you put in all of this work in these long days and you've done all of these things for the business to be where it's at now. And it can be very hard to step back and kind of delegate some of those day-to-day things to other people. And it's like, out of our control type of thing. But usually, you know, you'll ask someone a year later, once they start delegating, it's like, yeah, it was the best thing and that could have ever happened for the business. I wish I would have just pulled the trigger sooner and just stepped back, you know? So I had a guy one time tell me on the podcast here, he was like, you know, he's like the biggest game changer for me was realizing I always give a hundred percent as the owner. This is, I created this business, this brand, I give a hundred percent on me. No one will ever be me. It's like straight up. He's like, the minute I realize I have staff that's capable of 75 to 80%, that's pretty damn good. You know, like they, they will never probably be my hundred, but if they can bring me 80 to the table every day, I'm cool with that. I trust that. You know, he's like, as soon as I realized that it was good. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting because we do look for that hundred percent sometimes like us. And it's like, we're, we're like our own breed, you know, like you're like your own breed, you know, no one's going to be exactly like you but they can come really close so yeah i think that that's cool that's the next big thing is like building out a staff you know growing um and being able to step back delegate and look at the business in, in a new light so um sweet so eric what i would love for you to do is tell the listeners where they can find you on social media um you know website as we talked about whole nine sure so websites uh, gregorfitness.com pretty simple uh, so gray, G-R-E-Y, group like a group and fitness like fitness. Uh, and then uh, uh, Instagram is gray group fitness uh, underscore uh, CF takedown. Pretty simple stuff um, and not hard to find. Pretty easy. Um, got our stuff on there. You can reach out any way you like. Uh, give us a holler. If you're ever in the uh, Northern California Brentwood area, which is... Um, just uh, south of Sacramento, out on the Delta, and uh, about an hour um, east of uh, San Francisco, uh, Oakland Bay Area, 
Nice. We're right kind of nestled in between all the stuff. Come say, hey, come drop by and say, what's up? Love to train with you. Heck yeah. All right. Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you today. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and wanting to hang out. Love chatting and always uh, learning new stuff and seeing what's going on out there. So hope everybody's doing good and, and grinding out there and getting through all this. Heck yeah. And Jim Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, like and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, we are, of course, are accepting applications. So fill that out down below. We would love to have you. Guys, again, it is Eric Yunk out of Northern California in Brentwood with Gray Group Fitness. And Jim Lords, we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.